High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. How many of you just excited about today and what it actually means to us as believers? And Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, he's not dead, he's alive, amen? How many of you know he's alive because he's living on the inside of you? Uh, by the way, also before I really start this morning, I do want to just uh, mention what happened on Friday night, our Good Friday production. I'm telling you, it was absolutely awesome. If you were not able to be here, go online and watch it. We actually, it's posted there uh, of it uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, it doesn't quite capture the fullness of everything that uh, took place, but I will tell you, it was absolutely phenomenal, all of our uh uh, the, the, the cast, if you want to call them that, all of the ministers that were ministering within the uh, production, it was actually phenomenal. We had five people that gave their heart to Jesus this past Friday night. <clears throat> Amen. Makes it all worth it. Go ahead and turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to start <clears throat> with verse 57. Uh, I, I had another message all planned and prepared to preach and I felt the Lord kind of shift the direction for me to share. And I want to share a message that I believe is going to be an encouragement to you. And uh, I want to just start out by saying this. I don't care what you might be facing today and what things may look like in the natural. It ain't over. I'll say it one more time. I don't care how bad the situation might look right now. Doesn't matter how bleak it might be. Hear this, it ain't over. Would you look at somebody and say, it ain't over? You know, one of the things that happens so many times is that whenever we're in situations and circumstances that are surrounding us and it looks really bad and it looks really bleak, the enemy wants to tell us that it is over and there is no hope. Has anybody ever had the devil tell you that lie? That it's, it's all over, it's just, it's done. I mean, you, you know, turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. That's the only hope that you have. The business has failed, it's never gonna come back. Your family is all broken up. There's no hope for your marriage. You know what? Your kid is out on drugs and he's always going to be that way or she's always going to be that way. And that's the lie of the enemy. And we have to realize that when the enemy begins to say that, we have to realize that it isn't over yet. Amen? Look at somebody say, it ain't over. Now, before somebody comes and tries to correct me at the end of the service, and tell me that that's bad English. It doesn't really matter right now. I am trying to get a point across to you. And where we live, we say ain't all the time, okay? How many of you say ain't every now and then? And listen, we don't say, we don't say it isn't over. No, it ain't over, hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? We just say it ain't over. Pastor Joshua, he told on me the other day. I don't know if it was Wednesday night or was it Sunday, last Sunday? I can't remember. He started sharing. I'm going to have to be careful about giving the pulpit, you know. I'm, so, 
I'm just kidding. But the reality is he started talking about, you know, how that many times, of course, most people know that uh, I like Florida State. I've been a Florida State fan for a long time. I don't know if there's any other uh, people that have went from the dark side to the light side, and you know that any, any other Florida State fans, we're still praying for MG. And you Bama fans, praise the Lord. I know y'all have done well, but that's okay. But uh, anybody else is a Florida State fan, just out of curiosity. You know, we've had some not-so-good years, right? We've had about 10 not-so-good years. We've, there's been a drought in the land. And, uh, you know, you just get, you get to a point to where you get accustomed to losing, right? You didn't need to say amen right there, MG. You just kind of get accustomed to losing. You know, you just think, there, you know, and, and there are certain things, patterns that begin to repeat itself on the field. And I remember last year, you know, some of the same patterns that we had seen in previous years started playing out once again on the ball field. And it was seven to nothing in Florida. Was, state was down. And there was, you know, you know there's only five minutes, you know, that the game had been going on. But I began to text Pastor Joshua said, it's over, it's over. And the reason I do it, because you just got so accustomed. Once you see this happening, you just begin to think, well, there's no hope. You know, I've seen this before. I've experienced it before. So it's just going to be the same pattern once again. And because they're doing the same thing or the same things are transpiring, then we're going to have the same outcome. And, you know, I know we've only been playing for five minutes, and I know we're only down by a field goal, but in my mind, it was already over, okay? You know what? The enemy will begin to paint that same kind of picture in our lives many times. I mean, the game has just begun, but because it looks like a similar situation that you experienced in the past, therefore, it's over. It's a done deal. You've already lost. There's no way out. Your family's down for the count. Go ahead and call the lawyer. You know, the marriage is over. You know what? The family is destroyed. My friend, I'm here to declare to you by the Spirit of the Lord today that it ain't over. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, it ain't over. Look at three people and say, it ain't over. <clears throat> you know, you got to be reminded of that when you're walking through. See, the psalmist said this, yea, though I walk, yes, I might walk through you know that one of the greatest words right there is the word through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yea, though I walk through the valley. See, a lot of times what happens in our minds, we get to the valley of the shadow of the death, and we think that we've got to pitch our tent and actually begin to live there, and the enemy's got you in a Winnebago, and you just ran out of gas, and you're trapped there for the rest of your life. But I'm here to declare to you that it ain't over. You might be passing through, but you're going through to victory and triumph. Hallelujah. Amen? How many of you here have ever been through something? Ever been through something? You know, it's not fun when you're going through it. And we've all been through it before. 
When Hurricane Michael hit, we went through some things. And it wasn't fun whenever we went through it. But can I tell you, I serve the God of restoration. I serve the God of the resurrection. And what we see now is God's causing it to be better than what it was before. Can everybody say amen? Look at somebody and say, Shalam, better than it was before. You know, I'm just thinking, looking at our building right now. Now, our building was always beautiful, but I'm telling you, it looks better than it's ever looked. I, better than it's ever looked. How many of you appreciate the awning that we have out there? Y'all give Jimmy, Jimmy stand up. Oh, Jimmy and Larry, would you stand up? It's their company. They built that out there, did a tremendous job. Thank you. And Cleve did all the painting. Cleve did a great job. Yeah, and he did the walls. He built the wall, praise the Lord. <laughs> and just a joke. Anyway, but anyway, nonetheless, we, we got the air conditioning units now concealed. And, you know, it's looking beautiful and new plants that are planted. I mean, it looks better than it ever has before. Whenever you come by here at night, there's lighting, and I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. We have colored light. Anybody seen the building at night yet? Isn't it absolutely gorgeous? And I said all that not to beat ourselves on the chest, but to give glory to God that we serve a God of restoration because there was a lot, listen, there was a lot of people that were saying and pronouncing edicts over our area and region that it was over. There were people that were already reading the death sentence to the east side of Bay County, but you know what? We serve the God of restoration and he said it ain't over he said it ain't over I said God said it ain't over there's still a plan that I have for you there's still a plan that I have for this church body there's still a plan that I have for the east side of Bay County that God is going to bring to pass in the name of Jesus amen let's read our passage of scripture Verse 57, now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus and Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb which he had hewn out of the rock. I want you to underline or write the words down. He had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember why he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will arise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Let me say it another way. The devil was getting real nervous. <laughs> I mean, Jesus had already said on the third day, I'm coming out of this place. Oh, Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went, so they, now talking about they, that's actually the, the, the Pharisees, the, uh, the, the religious leaders along with some Roman soldiers. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. 
Chapter 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to seek the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6, He is not here, for he is risen. Hallelujah. Now today, of course, we rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus. We rejoice in the fact that death could not hold him, praise God. And because of that now, we can experience new life. It is because of the resurrection that we can be born again. It is because of the resurrection that we have been brought into the family of God. It's because of the resurrection that we can now live in victory and triumph every day of our lives. But today I want to, you, you to see the resurrection maybe in just a little different light and an application to your present day situation that you may be in, that you may be walking through at this moment in time. In other words, I want you to see what the resurrection means to you and how you can begin to receive resurrection power and begin to walk in it and see God do miracles, signs, and wonders within your own life. Now, there are, there, there, you know, there are chance, there's a good chance that there may be some here that you're not having to deal with any kind of adverse situation right now. But the reality is probably the majority of people that are even here have at least one situation that they are facing. How many of you have at least one situation that you're facing right now where you need to see a turnaround, you need to see God move, you need to see a breakthrough, you need to, you need to see a miracle? Just kind of wave your hand if you've got at least one situation. You know, just about every single one of us here, there's at least one situation. Some of you, it might be a big thing. Some of you might be a small thing. But the reality is all of us are facing things. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, the reality is, you know, the Bible says that he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. The reality is we all go through some of the exact same situations. The reality is just because you're a born-again believer doesn't mean weeds don't grow in your flower bed. Right? We found, you know, we, here at the church, we are constantly having to spray Roundup. You know why? Because we can't spray it away, okay? It's the result of living in a fallen world. We got weeds growing where they're not supposed to be, and we got grass not growing where it's supposed to be, you know? Anybody else experience that? You know, and a lot of times, so to speak, that's what's happening even within our lives as believers. We got where we want the grass to grow, it's not growing. And where we want weeds to not be growing, the weeds are growing. But I'm here to tell you, we're all going through certain things just because we live in a fallen world. But just because things are happening right now, and just because they're in a present condition right now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be that way eternally. It ain't over. Look at somebody say, it ain't over. I may have you tell, tell somebody that at least 15 times a day. Why am I having you do that? Because number one, I want you to say it out of your mouth. And number two, I want everybody in this building, when you walk out of the door today, that regardless of what you're facing, you can say, it ain't over. Hallelujah. It may look bleak, but it ain't over. Praise God. God said it in the beginning, and he will perform it in the end. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I had you... Notate in verse 60 of chapter 27, it says that he laid it in his tomb, which he had cut out of the rock. 
And this is talking about Joseph of Arimathea, how that Jesus was going to be laid in a tomb which he had cut out of the rock. You know, what I have found that many times the situations and circumstances that people find themselves in aren't necessarily even caused by the devil. How many of you here this morning would be willing to admit that there have been times that you've made some poor decisions? Has anybody here ever made some poor decisions? Has anybody ever, so to speak, hewn out a tomb for yourself by things that you have done yourself? Have you ever been there? You made a mistake? And I'll tell you, whenever you make a mistake, the enemy really wants to get at that moment in time and begin to pound you with condemnation and say, you made a condemnation, you made, you made a mistake, and there's no way that you'll ever get out of this situation. You're always going to be here. All you, you know, and call you all kind of names. You know, anybody ever had the devil call you stupid? I want you to hear this. You're not stupid. You've got the mind of Christ. You're filled with the wisdom of God. Look at somebody and say, you have the mind of Christ. How many know you can't have the mind of Christ and be stupid at the same time? I said, you can't have the mind of Christ and be stupid at the same time. Look at somebody and say, you ain't stupid. <laughs> Come on, tell them, you got the mind of Christ. Amen? But the reality is we probably have all done stupid things, okay? We've all done things in an unwise manner. We've made mistakes. Anybody here ever made a poor purchasing decision, you know? Anybody ever lost money on a purchase decision that then you had to sell and then you lost? See, I mean, everybody, probably to some degree or another. And by the way, I'm sure that some of you have had the devil tell you the person that you married was a mistake. I'm telling you, that's a lie from hell. I want you to look at, look at your spouse, all you that are married, said, you're the best decision in my life besides Jesus. Listen, I, I don't have time to teach on that, but I'll tell you, the enemy will cause many people's marriage to begin to go down the toilet once they believe they married the wrong person. I've had them in my office. Well, I married the wrong person, so I'm free from this situation. No, you're not. You said I do. You're going to say, listen, when you said I do, you're done. Amen? I said, when you said I do, you're done. You're going to make it. You're going to work it out. You're going to get healed. You're going to get delivered. You're going to get set free. We don't understand. We just don't get along. Welcome to earth. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I've told you before, my wife and I, we are about as opposites as opposites can be. She says potato. I say potato. Not really, but so to speak. I say tomato. She says tomato. I say the sky's pretty today. Well, I see some clouds. <laughs> You know, oh, it sure is cloudy outside. Well, why don't we look on the bright side of things? You know, and we're always, we're always thinking opposite. Where I, the way I would want to set the furniture up is not necessarily the way she would want to. Where I want to go eat is not normally where she wants to go eat. We finally found a place that we'd agree upon. We go to rodeos all the time. All right. But the reality is this. You know, you have to make a decision that you're not going to listen to the lies of the enemy that you married the wrong person. I had, I had somebody one time, a pastor actually told me that I had married the wrong person. You know, God bless him. And he, would, he said that in ignorance, you know, and now, you know, he ended up being divorced three times. We've been married for almost 42 years in June. Praise God. Hallelujah. How you like me now? Praise the Lord. Amen. 
I don't mean that mean. I'm just saying, you know what? If I were to believe that, if I were to believe that, I married the wrong person, it's over, it's done. You know what? We would have ended up crashing. We'd end up failing. And what you have to realize is that regardless, even if you did make a mistake, I want you to hear this. We serve a God that's able to turn the situation around. We serve a God that is greater than your mistake. I said we serve a God that's greater than your mistake. We serve a God that is greater than what you've done yesterday. We serve a God that's greater than where you might be at right now. We serve a God that's greater than what you said yesterday and what you did yesterday. We serve a God who's able to turn everything around. Amen? Amen. Tell somebody it ain't over. So many people have literally dug a grave for themselves. They've made poor decisions, improper attitudes, improper belief systems, many times just unbelief in their life. And you know what? What we normally do is whenever we get in that place where we're seemingly in a tomb, we're in a grave, we want to point the finger and begin to blame somebody else for where we're at. And can I tell you, the worst thing that you can do whenever you're in the tomb is point the finger at somebody else. The worst thing that you can do whenever you're in the grave is try to point somebody, point the finger at somebody else and blame them. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying today? You see, the reality is Joseph of Arimathea had actually hewn out the grave. He hewn, he, he hewn out the grave that Jesus actually ended up being in. Then verse 66, it says this, they made the tomb secure, sealing the stone along with the guard. So after many times we dig our own grave, so to speak, and we're in that, the enemy comes and seals the stone, seals it with the stone of his lies. And this is a picture of the way that the enemy works in the lives of people, both unsaved and saved. We make a mistake, we get into the tomb, things are bad, they look like everything has died, and then the enemy comes and he rolls the tomb, the, the stone in front of the tomb saying, it's always going to be this way. It'll never change. Things when your family will always be in this manner. Things in your job will always be like this. Your financial situation will always be like this. After all, your grandpa was poor. Your mom and daddy was poor. You're going to be poor your whole life. Your grandpa was sick. Your mama was sick. And you're going to be sick the rest of your life. Cancer runs in your family. May I say this? Cancer doesn't run in my family. Healing runs in my family. Diabetes doesn't run in my family. Healing runs in my family. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins. I am property of the Lord most high. Jesus is my elder brother. Hallelujah. And I have healing that runs in my family. Look at somebody and say, there's blessing that runs in my family. Oh, can, we th- can you just think about that, you know, so often and you see all of the, the things that, you know, we know scientifically things from DNA and, you know, because this one's in your family, we've heard it all, then you're more likely to have this after all because of your, even your nationality or your ethnicity. Therefore, there's certain things that you're going to be more prone to. Can I tell you, you have to begin to throw a lot of that out and don't let the lie of the enemy begin to infiltrate you. And you have to begin to believe, you know what, if I'm property of the Lord, if I'm redeemed by the blood of the Most High God, if Jesus bought and purchased me, if he took the stripes upon his back for my healing. That's what runs. That's what's in my DNA. My DNA is full of healing. 
I said, my DNA is full of healing. You know what? I expect that from my kids. I don't care what my grandma had. You know what? My grandma, both of my grandmothers, they had uh, sugar diabetes. But you know what? I'm not claiming that. And listen, it doesn't matter what's happened in your family in the past. Praise God, there's some new DNA that God can cause and rectify within your body. Praise the Lord. I hope somebody's getting this. I'm not trying to refute any scientific understanding. I'm just saying that I believe that we can live on a higher plane. I am not limited to the science of man. I believe that I can step up and begin to walk on a higher plane. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? I believe that I can live on a higher level. So what happens, people... They make mistakes, they kind of form their own tomb, and then the enemy comes and rolls the stone in front of it. It's the seal of finality. It's the final pronouncement of death. You have to understand that stones were put on graves not for the purpose of keeping them from walking out of there. It was a seal of finality. It's all over. And that's what the enemy comes to do. And whenever that's what the religious leaders were attempting to do and the Romans were attempting to do. We're going to put a stone on this. We're going to put a guard around it. We're going to put a seal on it. Why? Because we want to make sure that everybody knows that this is final. There is no changing this whatsoever. Jesus will never be able to get out of the stone, be able to get out of the tomb. And this is what the enemy many times says to you. You'll never be able to get out of the situation. The stone has been put in front of your tomb. But I'm here to tell you this, that it ain't over. I said, it ain't over. And I don't care what the devil has said to you, and I don't care what uh, your checkbook may be even saying to you right now, it's not over. And it doesn't matter, understand how I say this, it doesn't matter what the doctor's report right, might be right now, it ain't over. Can anybody hear what I'm saying today? Doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, it ain't over. Listen, we've had people here that have had diagnosis that they had cancer, but let me tell you that it was not over. It ain't over, and they're here today. They're healed by the power of God. Amen? We had a diagnosis when our daughter, before when Pastor Stacy was just pregnant with her, the, the diagnosis from the doctor is you have a blighted ovum, you're bleeding heavily, you're, you're, you're miscarrying right now, you need to come in and have a DNC procedure. And she called me crying after that doctor's appointment. She said, what do I do? I said, we're not doing anything that they're saying that they're gonna, we should do. What we're gonna do is we're gonna stand and believe God because it ain't over. I said, it ain't over. I know what the doctors say, and the doctors are just going to diagnose based upon what they see. That's the way that they're trained, and that's good, and that's all wonderful. And we thank God for doctors, and we thank God for nurses. But I'm telling you, I had a report that was greater than the report of the doctor. I had a report. I had words and prophetic declarations that we would have a daughter who would be a dancer in the house of the Lord. We stood there, and we said, it ain't over. In the name of Jesus, you will live and not die. In Jesus' 
name, I speak life to you because it ain't over. It doesn't matter what the report says. It doesn't matter what the sonogram said. I've got a report that's greater than the report of man. Hallelujah. And now our daughter, praise the Lord, she's in Orlando right now, but they're serving the Lord. By the way, Pastor Kelvin is on staff at a church down there, a very large church, and uh, he's heading up the staff there. It's wonderful to see them continuing to serve the Lord down there in Orlando, and we're praying for them. Amen. Now, I said all that to say this. Somebody had to war. Somebody had to fight. Somebody had to say, it ain't over. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. It ain't over. Regardless of your situation right now, it ain't over. I don't care what they said to you. It ain't over. Oh, that stone's real big. Oh, it's so big. I don't know how we're going to, how's that going to be rolled away from the grave that we're in right now? I'm telling you, I don't have all the answers other than to say this. The God of the resurrection, the same God that took, that brought Jesus out of the tomb is the same God that will cause resurrection power to be released within your life and cause your situation to turn around. Amen. There are many here today whom the enemy have made the pronouncement of death in different areas of your life. Maybe in your marriage, the pronouncement of hell has come and said it's over, call the attorney. Maybe in your family, it's your child will never serve the Lord. Maybe in your finances, it's you'll never have anything. In your health, all of your family died of heart problems and so will you. Maybe in your job, you will always have a dead-end job making minimum wage. Maybe in an area of deliverance where you've been bound by an area in your life. Maybe the edict has been, you will never be able to overcome this addiction or this sin. Man, you've been through LRM twice and you're still having the same problems. But I'm telling you folks that it ain't over. I said it ain't over. Uh, listen, it's not that I can't say anything else. It's just I want you to really get a hold of this. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking this and saying this today, that it's not over, praise God. There's a turnaround coming in your life, amen? The goal of the enemy is to make your vision never go beyond your present situation and circumstances, to live fatalistically. This is the end. This is the way that it's always going to be. I'm sure it was a very bleak moment whenever Jesus was hanging there on the cross and his disciples were looking at him, the one that was there, the one that could see from afar off. Most of them had already deserted him. But I'm sure it was a very bleak moment for them. Think about this. They had laid their lives on the line. You know, they'd put everything out there and they had actually, you know, said, you know, we're going we're gonna to be here. We're going to be here to, to you know, we're, we, we pledged our lives to him. And, uh, then all of a sudden, he's hanging on a cross. He promised them life, yet he is now dead. Think about that. What a paradox. You know, here is the one who promised us everlasting life, and now he's dead. The one who we believed was the Messiah now is no longer with us. I'm sure whenever he breathed his very last breath, and he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, it looked like it was all over. It looked like, you know what, this move has come to an end. Boy, it's great, you know, three and a half years, we've had a great run. We've seen God do some mighty things, but now it's come to an end. And I'm here to declare to you that even though it might look like some things have come to an end in your life, hear this, it ain't over. I said it ain't over. 
God is going to have the last word. He's going to have the last say in the situation. And you're going to see God move, praise the Lord. He is the God of the resurrection that will turn things around for you. It didn't look good in the natural, but Jesus knew this, that it wasn't over. Even Jesus had to believe that the Father would raise him from the dead because he couldn't do it himself. This is something very interesting, Matthew 17, 22. Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. Isn't this very interesting? Think about this. He says that he's going to be betrayed, they're going to kill him, but on the third day, he's going to be raised up. And what's the next phrase? And they were exceedingly sorrowful. See, the disciples only heard they're going to kill me. The only thing the disciples heard is I'm going to be betrayed. What they didn't hear is he was going to be raised again. Now I say all of that to say this, there's some of you, there's some situations within your life. First of all, you've got the promise of God that says something different than what you're experiencing right now. And second of all, many of you have prophetic words that are totally contrary to what you're walking through right now. I'm here to tell you that you're going to have to begin to turn a deaf ear and you've got to begin to turn a blind eye to what you're looking at right now and what you're hearing being declared and spoken over your life. And you have to say, Lord, I choose to believe you. And you said, it ain't over. I choose to believe what you said because what you said is going to be the end result if I will only believe. Hallelujah. Your present situation is not your final destination. Today, we arise and we say, it ain't over. God's word will prevail. God's promise will prevail. God's purpose will prevail. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells within you. Did you get that? If the same spirit, how many of you have the same spirit living on the inside of you? If the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. Get this. He will give life to your mortal bodies. Let me say it another way. He will give life to that which is mortal. I said he will give life to that which is mortal. He will give life to that which has the ability to die. He will give life even to that which has died within your life. Hear this, if your marriage has died, hear this, God will give life to your marriage. If your family has died, he will give life to your family. If your finances have died, he will give life to your finances. If your health has died, he will give life to your health. Are you hearing me today? If your peace of mind has died, he will give life to your peace of mind and cause it to come alive once again. If your joy has actually waned, hear this, the God of the resurrection will begin to speak life and cause joys to come once again. Would you stand to your feet today? We are declaring today that it ain't over. Look at somebody say it ain't over. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what things are saying all around us. It's not over. Can I tell you, things aren't over in your life, in your circumstances. Things aren't over here in Bay County. Things aren't over here in the state of Florida. Things aren't over in the United States of America. Can everybody say amen? 
listen, I believe that God is bigger than whatever man may try to do or man may want to do. And I believe there's enough praying people here in America that we can see revival return once again. We can see hearts turn back to the Lord. Are y'all hearing me today? I believe that we can see a great move of the Holy Spirit that will sweep millions into the kingdom of God. I believe that as hearts change, we can see things change that need to be changed. And listen, it's not going to be done. Please hear I'm saying this just by a political system because the political systems of man will fail if God is not in the middle of it. Are you hearing me? If there's not revival and there's not resurrection, man will always fail and man will always do the wrong thing. What we need more than anything right now is we need the resurrection power of God to resurrect that which has been dead. We need the resurrection power of God to begin to breathe across our land, breathe across our situation, breathe across our circumstances. Can you lift your hand right now to the Lord? Lord, we thank you that today you're breathing life into that which is dead. You're breathing life into that which has fallen away. You're breathing life into that where the edict of the enemy has been declared. You're breathing life today. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.